0: it doesn't matter in the words of Dwayne the Rock Johnson
1: is or that was a that coined one? phrase uh, does he use that a lot
0: I believe it was a song by Wyclef Sean and he sung the chorus it doesn't matter don't know because I think it was a saying that he used in his wrestling career. I never watched wrestling, so I don't actually know, but I think it I'm pretty mm. sure it is
1: interesting. We're gonna have to Google that after is this. It, is yeah. it that interesting though? Not really, but you know, so, he's, he's reinvented himself many times, the Rock, hasn't
0: he? He's fantastic. I don't, I don't think yeah. is there's is there anyone that doesn't like The Rock.
1: There's got to be someone out there, but they're probably just doing it to be a bit woke and like
0: controversial. Because mm. let's be honest, I think he was a pretty good American football player from what I understand. Um, obviously very good in terms of his his uh, air quotes acting in wrestling, um. Albeit that's probably un- that's probably unfair and undermining of how hard like entertainment wrestling really is. Like if you hear well I say it like I know first hand, I don't. But if you ever hear anyone talk about their like old wrestlers, like I, I, I think as it Jake the Snake, can't think of his real name now, but Jake the Snake was on the Joe Rogan Experience and listening to him talk about what they had to do, where he's doing something like two hundred. Like shows a year, and obviously, do you think how many days in a year that is, and how often that is? That includes traveling all around the country, getting beat up every single night. When I say get beaten up, obviously, it is pretend, is play acting, but the fools aren't pretend. Like a lot of the stuff they do are still pretty dangerous stunts, and I think they get more beat up, more well, they definitely get more beat up, more injured than even proper fight sports because of obviously the regularity and frequency they have to do it and stuff. So, uh, like he talks about his dependency on like painkillers and stuff because he was just completely fucked the entire time. It's amazing to hear, just think like, you know, it's play acting. Well, it is play acting, but also they all get fucked because they were falling off fucking high bars and I don't know, whatever they do. They smash them with chairs and stuff. They break fingers and arms. And mm. I actually heard the story of Jake the Snake saying how, I think it was Macho Man Randy Savage. I don't know if you know these names. Like, I know you're obviously, you know, a, only a year older than me so um <laughs> so full of shit mate <laughs> you got me on that for a long time no but I I, I I heard him talk on the joe rogan experience about how because jake the snake obviously his thing is having a pet snake there was a, a scene they had to do where i think they were trying to get they had uh, jake had to get the snake to bite matchaman randy savage in the ring and obviously the snake actually bites him so it wasn't a fake bite; it's a real bite, and you think, oh, it's quite a bit nasty. Um, I find that more like squinty or squarey, like, oh, than uh, like falling off or anything doing more more serious damage than the snake. Because I'm I'm sure, it obviously, wasn't a poisonous snake, because that would be a bit harsh. But still,
1: I mean, there was probably a lot less legalities and regulations back then than there would be now.
0: I don't think in resting, there's probably that many. <laughs> to be honest.
1: I don't know. It is America. It's funny that It's such a. Strange country, anyway. It is anyway. a strange
0: country. It is a very strange country. So, um we haven't had we haven't had, we haven't haven't had the opportunity to have a chat in what feels like ages now.
1: It has been a while, mate. So, right? it's, it's been has. at least a month.
0: Probably, yeah. I Not mean, you've, you've obviously just disappeared for an entire month anyway, by the looks of it. So, um <laughs> just for the listeners' sake, we were supposed to have Johnny as well. But, as usual, something's come up. Something about a mate and forgetting his mate was coming around. Because he's going to Germany to help... Um, a, I think they're a motorsport or some sort of cross, I don't know, basically a motorsport team with their nutrition um, which obviously might sound a bit weird but I might have got it wrong, maybe it's not a motorsport I can't actually remember now but every year he goes away and helps the team with their nutrition stuff uh, in Germany so, which is quite nice
1: That's cool
0: So um, so yeah, anyway, so instead we've obviously got, or well, I suppose fortunately we've got the delightful Amy back to, to stand mm. in Hey Brett. Hey pal. Yeah. Um, hey pal. How 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 have you been? Except getting the bit of <laughs> Rona. Or maybe we should start with that.
1: Yeah. Um. I I was. I'm absolutely fine. I I am fine, as they as Doctor Mike would say. Um. No, I'm good. Uh. Christmas December was great. Socialising in December kicked my ass. Like it was full on. Um, Every weekend we had plans, obviously still had clients and stuff, although they did dwindle as everybody started to get COVID. And then I went to my mum's for Christmas, which was great, just the two of us. So because we both used to be flight attendants. So that's the first Christmas we've had at home together in probably 13 years. So that was lovely. Um, And then, yeah, I got COVID on the 27th um and ended up having to take the full 10 days to be honest because I was still testing positive until day 10 mm. um but yeah i i was fine i had like a mild cough the fatigue was the worst thing really like behind my eyes i just felt really tired but to be honest 2 weeks off covid aside feel great <laughs> mm. so yeah no Good. it was it was really lovely apart from i didn't um yeah didn't see my boyfriend for the whole time which was a bit crap so wow as, as mm. we were just
0: talking before we hit the record button that's probably not a bad thing because you were saying you don't like him anyway so
1: <laughs> <laughs> no it's just like you know when you like i really missed him it's like two two weeks just over two weeks it was supposed to be three weeks because he was going on a work trip and obviously there was no i didn't want to see him while i still had covid and was properly infectious and then jeopardized his work trip to holland so i didn't see him so it was going to be three weeks he ends up coming home a bit early And I was like, oh, I've really missed him. I can't wait to see him. Like, such a crap time not to see him for. He walked through the door and, like, instantly annoyed me.
0: (laughs) Is there anything he specifically did? Or is it, like, did he not wipe his Uh, feet or something?
1: He teases me quite a lot. He's very, like, he's very silly and he teases me quite a lot. And obviously, like, after having no one tease you for about, for over two weeks and just being in a really nice, lovely headspace to then suddenly... It's like he's like an eight-year-old to then have suddenly have like someone start winding you up and teasing you. I was like, I don't need this right now. You should this just
0: got, you should just got me to step in for a couple of weeks while he's away. I could have Skyped you yeah. every night and just teased you. That's fine.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. But like, you know, we've been together 48 hours now. I'm hardened to it. So like, I'm like, all right, okay, good. Normal services resumed. Now I'm good. So no, it, Christmas and New Year were lovely. Very quiet, very relaxing. But that's, that's what I needed. So it was good. What about yourself?
0: <sighs> how do I follow that um, my life is dull I don't have anything really to say I had a, I had a fantastic Christmas really enjoyed it um, obviously I've got a two and a four year old that makes Christmas special makes Christmas so much better like having kids is just like, I, I, don't wrong I'm a very Christmassy person anyway like I love Christmas and um, I'm not a November like Christmas tree up songs on that type of thing like no chance like I at least wait till December but I do like to elongate the Christmas period as long as possible Um, although I did read somewhere that those that do that, um, and I don't know how evidence based this is as you know, caveat, (laughs) I, I read somewhere that the dopamine, I guess, kind of rushes hits you get from the kind of the happy part of leading up to Christmas ruins your Christmas day, because I guess like you become desensitized to a certain extent for want of any more kind of, um, accurate physiological phrase. To the Christmas day And everyone then says Oh Christmas day Is a bit of a let down And I, I don't I... I, I don't think I agree Necessarily with that um, no, Me neither But you know I do worry Oh am I doing myself An injustice here By trying to make Christmas Last as long as possible And should I just have One big bang You know Same way as You do in the sack So That didn't take long <laughs> <laughs> um, So yeah No I, I really enjoyed my Christmas I must admit With the two kids That mm-hmm. was very nice Um I think the funny thing is obviously when you've got like a two and a four year old i've got a four year old i'm oh sorry a two year old that wants to unwrap one present and play with it and you're like you've got a billion more there just carry on and like she opens the first present and that's it, the rest of them don't matter because you just wants to play with the third thing she's opened and i've got the other one which is obviously a bit more aware of stuff she's like i want to open all the presents so she's opened one chuck it behind her like it doesn't matter move on to the next one You've got the two polar opposites of of those two things so um yeah it's quite funny but no they enjoyed it they did had a really good time and yeah i enjoyed it i be honest i uh obviously have a small client base anyway um as everyone knows having a um a full well i was gonna say full-time job an almost full-time job um outside of uh outside of nutrition and i guess having a smaller client base has meant i actually got a lot of time off over christmas nutrition side because most of them said mm, to be honest i don't really want to catch up over this period which generally happens and i was quite happy about it so yeah if any of you yeah, listening thanks <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i did the same i'm mainly from a personal point of view in terms of boundaries i think it's really important like when you are when you are an online coach in any kind of format it's really easy to be available all the time yeah. um but i also think with what we do with nutrition coaching i think it is important for our clients to actually have time off where they're not not necessarily not thinking about their nutrition but like not so accountable because i mm-hmm. think those moments of exploration knowing that they're coming back to you in january those moments of exploration and being a little bit more, more intuitive with their behaviors and actually like almost making the mistakes and like overeating like mm-hmm. it gives them a little bit more to kind of reflect on and yeah. then report back with in january so yeah. yeah i did exactly the same i was just like nah, i don't want to speak to you we'll get back we'll chat on the third um and then again yeah that was the really positive thing as well because i was ended up did staying at my mum's until the fifth which was like this wednesday um so yeah i could still work from home and catch up with them yeah. and yeah
0: yeah i did i mean don't get me wrong obviously i enjoyed the time off almost i also like to ensure i guess the client decides whether they want to obviously if it's christmas day you're not speaking to me i'm not speaking to <laughs> christmas Day, clearly i be honest any 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 kind of boxing day Christmas day then Weaver, I i would have said well, we'll catch up another day or whatever um because obviously my coaching as well for people that don't know because obviously every online coach is different i do have usual live calls with all of my clients so it's not like it's a video check-in you can just kind of do it your own own leisure um which obviously a lot of clients will do that some clients won't even do that they'll just do written feedback which again you can kind of do it your own leisure. And you, you don't have the kind of a, a, the issue of having to kind of sync up or marry up diaries do you so so because i obviously have i like to speak to people um I guess I'm not going to be doing it on Christmas Day, as I said, or whatever day. But I do also want to make sure that the client feels like they're supported and getting what they need. And, and there is an element of, like, I absolutely agree with what you're just saying. And I would, I, that's the way I prefer people to have their own experience. There are, we've said it a billion times, or I've said it a billion times, there are no um, emergencies in nutrition. I'm mean, unless you eat a peanut and you're allergic to nuts, then clearly that's an emergency. But outside of something as drastic as that, there aren't really emergencies. Like you're not going to do anything bad in a day, a week in terms of your kind of general diet. So you don't need to stress about things. And therefore, I will prefer people to kind of have that experience and learning time on their own and reflections, even if it isn't perfect or it doesn't go as well as perhaps they would they would hope. But in the same breath, I also don't want people to feel anxious or worried if they because they aren't getting or they they don't have the support available to them that they want so i will kind of just say look do you want to and obviously most people i guess and i and there's probably an element of the way i coach and kind of yeah i guess the, the way i coach and the culture of how i coach people are all comfortable just say yeah do you know what i'll have a couple of weeks off and it's fine don't have to worry about it I'm yeah saying. yeah and you always get Maybe proved right because... don't
1: you? oh exactly and like Maybe that's because how we empower our clients as Mm. well. That's what I was going to say.
0: They they, they probably are empowered to feel like they can and obviously everyone will go away and have their own different experience but there is no one that's come back and been like, oh my God, it's horrendous. I can't believe what happened over Christmas. Yeah.
1: Same.
0: You know, it's always that way. I mean, I guess like one of my clients, Dave, I was just thinking about, he did put on, I don't know, something like eight or nine pounds over a three-week period which might sound a lot um, but he was kind of in a maintenance sort of phase. Um, I would probably expect him to kind of put on a little bit of weight over a period because we kind of knew, he, he kind of was aware of, I guess, a few social occasions, how he wanted to tackle kind of like the bigger days of the period and stuff. Um, and like, obviously we had a chat about some of the behaviors where he kind of, I, I knew I wasn't perfect, but actually I was a bit more mindful and controlled on a lot of the stuff that this year than I probably ever thought about. Um, and he was a bit surprised at how much weight he would put on he didn't think it was going to be quite as much as that i don't think but as as the kind of conversations i had with him around look it's going to be kind of in air quotes inflated weight because of the, the change in your eating habits and obviously the additional scale weight you're going to see in you know mostly transient water type stuff give it a few days getting back to your usual routine and i promise you you'll be surprised at how quickly that'll go and i think within about three days it's about six pounds down yeah, like something like that. And it's because yeah. let's be honest, no one's putting eight pounds on over Christmas unless no. they're doing like eight pounds of body fat, um, unless they're doing like 10,000 calories for an entire week straight, you know,
1: which would be you'd feel very uncomfortable.
0: Mm. I don't even think you could do, I don't think your body would assimilate that quickly, like eight pounds of body fat over a week.
1: No, even if you were mm. anyway,
0: because obviously the you know, the, the, the overconsumption of any macronutrient, like protein is barely ever going to turn to fat. Um, mm. Obviously, carbohydrates, very difficult to turn to fat anyway, certainly in the short term, as most of the studies show. I guess, obviously, well, fat is fat, so it's a bit easier to store. But um, I think the, the the message in the short term of feeding studies, people don't really put on that much body fat. Like no. even when they consume quite a lot of calories, their bodies are very good at just going, oh, we don't need this stuff. Um, we've got way more we need so we can kind of burn it off. Over in the longer term, obviously, it does start to show that weight gain will happen. But I guess that's a it's message more for people. The-
1: Sorry to interrupt, like it's more the subjectivity, isn't it? You get the whole like, I feel bad, I feel bloated, I feel fluffy, I feel like I've put on weight, which, yeah, because you'll have increased food volume in the stomach, you'll be bloated, you know, you might be retaining water, maybe you haven't moved as much. It's all those other factors that make you feel like you have put on weight. There's a
0: mixture of psychological and physiological stuff which will basically overshoot your opinion on how bad it is. Like you say, in terms of there will be some extra food weight, water weight you know you will look perhaps like you put on some body fat because you'll just be a bit more watery like i've said to people like our bodies are meant to change they do change drastically people don't seem to realize but well, i say they don't seem to realize they do realize but i don't think they really kind of look down into the detail of how how quickly it can happen in terms of we all know what we look like when we first wake up in the morning compared to the nighttime. time that is can be a very dr- and the leaner you are the worse it looks in terms of how drastic a change that can be so matt you know if that can happen in a day of course it can happen in a week look that differently I mean, i said the conversation we had again was around holidays and how as in not festive holidays as in going away and abroad and how a lot of people will diet to holidays and they'll get into what they consider a really good shape now we're very comfortable and happy and then within two hours of literally you know getting off the plane other side they feel they've undone what could have been several weeks or months worth of work and obviously that just doesn't happen but you can look quite drastically different purely because obviously as everyone does they diet for holiday completely food focused and then they just kind of go a bit all in and the first thing they do is have a, like a massive breakfast or whatever on the way in the airport you know you've got all the airplane food and all the stuff just the the way your body can look that dramatically different from how you like pictured yourself at your leanest prior to the the holiday you know, diet finishing to lit you know or again you know a few meals afterwards after your diet finishes you can look dramatically different. i mean i've been there i've I've got to a point where i i'm really lean and i look at some pictures back and think oh i was actually quite lean in some of those pictures for holiday And I remember at the time, like I said, wake up next morning for breakfast on the first day of holiday thinking, What happened? You know, I lost (laughs) about 25 pounds. I look like I put 25 pounds back on. How have I managed that in, in half a day?
1: You know? It used to happen to me, like working. Obviously, like I'd spend 16 hours in a metal tube and like you'd get it was different when you're working because you're literally on your feet all the time. Like, passengers stay in their seats for 16 hours, so they look bloated from, and, like, retain water from lack of movement. However, we, we're on our feet all the time, but we still get bloated. We still have gas, extra gases in our system. You still have water retention. I could be on the plane for 16 hours and eat super healthily. I start, you know what I mean. I don't mean healthily, but, you know, like, stay in a really... Um, really good structure of meals actually take I used to take my own food a lot of the time so it wasn't overly salty stay really really hydrated and I'd still get off 20 at like and look at the mirror when I got to the hotel room and be like what the hell just happened like (laughs) wow it was ridiculous so yeah it can happen really really quickly but again it's I think that's um once you once you have been Which you have worked with a nutrition coach, though, or even just educated yourself a little bit. Um, You find it a lot as well with people that go from dieting into periods of maintenance. Like they expect suddenly like maybe a little bit of weight gain, but they're actually quite surprised, aren't they? The amount of food they can eat without their bodies changing too much. Like their scale weight might change, but like their bodies in terms of like how they look it won't necessarily change that much um uh, it I, be
0: interesting yeah I, I i think i've always tried to warn clients that transitions so in a tra- any transition period from whichever way dieting to non non to dieting like weights and even kind of visually i do think there's a usually a short period of time where it's a bit skew if and i don't know why and what i mean by that i guess is like your weights go all over the place for a week or two until your body just almost finds like a settling point and I don't mean settling point as in kind of like the, the settling point or set point hypothesis or theory in terms of um weight management I mean more like I, I don't know if it's described this very well at all but I guess I mean I, I find that your body just gets used to from transitioning from like a deficit to a, a maintenance or surplus or whatever but it, it takes a little while to get used to that so you will find like way are a bit random when you go from a diet to a non-diet or vice versa and perhaps how you look might weigh like you might suddenly look drastically different for a few hours um after you're kind of going from a diet to non-dieting. But give it like a week, it'll start to just settle and it'll be less volatile or dramatic and you'll tend to find that things do just start to settle out and perhaps where you thought oh I'd put on some weight in the first week really, really quite quickly, that might just settle and you kinda of go back to looking more lean again than kind of more like you were previously um and
1: that's probably where a lot of people are right now so what are we now we are the 9th of january
0: so tenth. you know
1: sorry 10th when this is released mm. <laughs> Ninth of january now so like you know we're into the second full week of january people are probably you know well into routine again you'd hope covid aside and illness aside i know there is still a lot of illness going around but like hopefully there'll be back into regular routines exercising and they probably feel pretty much as they did before christmas now you would hope and it's exactly what you've just said
0: yeah well certainly i like talking about dave again obviously he's gonna love this getting a shout out twice hi
1: dave Um, hello david
0: um he uh i said feels better immediately obviously seeing the scale weight shift because um as much as we try and disassociate that kind of subjective emotional attachments we have to scales it's still really difficult like even now after many many years um albeit it's quite fleeting with me sometimes every now and then i'm a bit like what um so you know you can't you it's almost like it's something that it's just going to be so difficult to completely detach from but anyway obviously it helps kind of go in the other way and when you see like in air quotes the positive result that you want i guess also he probably looks better in the mirror he probably feels better he said obviously he feels like his training suddenly got better after a, a week or so um And I guess he just all of that proves the point of don't because I think he said something like, "Oh, had I like the conversation we had kind of just uh, either I think it must have been just after New Year we first caught back up again, where we were talking about kind of experiences and kind of how he felt through how he deal with kind of the 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 demands. Let's put it that call it that demands of Christmas and Christmas eating all that type of stuff, Um, and he was happy, but. I guess the whole eight nine pounds. That I said he was a bit surprised. Obviously, made him reflect on a few things that he felt. Oh, maybe I could have done this better. I could have done that better. And I think after the next week, when we spoke again, he said, "Actually, look, I'm actually really surprised at how quick this come off, which proved the entire conversation we then had about it and why he shouldn't be concerned, all that type of stuff." And um, I think a comment or something he made was something like, "I wish I've enjoyed myself more actually now." Like as in, I knew I now I now I kind of got over the anxiety or kind of like the, the the certain emotion I had about it all and it's now kind of feel like oh actually that was I was kind of I over egged all of those feelings and actually it's not as bad as I thought I wish I'd enjoyed Chris more than I did um funny that isn't it yeah and I, and I said well I guess like my response and I guess we're you know this isn't really on on any sort of topic but it's probably maybe perhaps interesting for people to to kind of hear what response might be but my response well actually look like, you enjoyed Chris as you were that's the whole point did you the, the, the you, did, you weren't restricted in that period like we had obviously like i'll be honest he hasn't had any real nutrition targets for ages anyway so it's not like oh you must eat x amount of calories like he can eat what he wants he always has that autonomy and to choose regardless of actually all my clients do even when they do have targets but um mm. point being obviously he wasn't restricted he did enjoy everything pretty much he wanted just obviously in that mindful manner that we all, or, you know, the better coaches, I guess, and actually maybe that's unfair to say the better, but obviously in my, maybe in my view, a better coach would say over that period, that mindfulness is probably one of the best things that you could kind of focus on or practice during that period rather than any form of restriction. Um So why do you feel now like actually you should have enjoyed mm-hmm. it more? Because you did. Perhaps now, like, yes, I guess you're feeling great about the fact that you're kind of damage over christmas in air quotes wasn't what you thought it was and obviously i that isn't the term either he nor i use but i'm just using it for the listener's benefit that term damage but the fact that you kind of did enjoy yourself that period you actually found yourself probably in and you have a weight loss goal in the longer term in a better position now so actually just just be appreciative and enjoy the fact that you have benefited from all of those things and you're now in a really good position to push on for the
1: year yeah yeah it's it's mad isn't it that He's almost equating enjoyment to how much food he could consume. Mm-hmm. If he'd have known, he could have consumed an extra portion of potatoes and a, you know, half it a quality, street, quality street. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say a yeah, quality street. Like, would he, would he have done that? And would he have actually, would he have actually enjoyed that extra consumption, or would that have pushed him to a place where maybe he did feel uncomfortable, or there was more feelings of guilt or shame? So you could argue that, like maybe he, he he 100% did sounds like he did enjoy Christmas to the fullest and just because because he enjoyed it in the way he did maybe that is a reflection of the minimal impact and the scale
0: weight
1: mm-hmm. no he to say that if he didn't have that extra quality street that the the impact might have been a bit greater perhaps H- how is so I guess
0: like what has your advice been generally to I mean I guess all your clients will be different but to people now for January What's kind of been the um, the, the key themes or so general message?
1: my clients have longer term weight loss goals. So it was Christmas was always it was it was never about managing Christmas. It was always about enjoying Christmas. But Christmas was very much go away, be mindful, um, listen, try and, you know, stick in structures, be present. Don't track. If you are tracking, have some periods not tracking. If you feel comfortable, get back into again. Again, very much let them guide guide it. I have had a few clients that have been like, I want to start with you in January and I want to diet. And I'm like, okay, fine. Um, It's very much individual. So I've got a few clients that do have quite specific goals. So we've put them on a trajectory of fat loss. Um, But... To be honest, I focused a lot more on the things outside of nutrition. So I focused a lot more than I maybe did this time last year on the more healthy habits side of it. So let's get outside in the fresh air. Let's do try for 30 minutes of a walk a day. If you're sedentary, let's set an alarm every hour to get up and just move around or do 10 squats. Um, Let's stay hydrated. Let's sort out your sleep routine, like a lot more things like that um because i'm really finding the more the longer i'm in this role and actually the more experience i get with clients that the people that have the non-negotiables nailed down generally have more success because they're a lot more relaxed they are a lot more lever-headed their stress levels are lower they can actually enjoy the process a bit more like we know what it's like the nutritional stuff. It never changes. Like it, there's very, very little that changes unless you've got a client that's really into the nuance of it. The fat loss stuff changes very little. It's a case of eat less energy than you burn. So it is more like, how can I put together a complete prescription for this client that a, they are going to stick to and be consistent with and be that they're going to enjoy a little bit more because I'm really finding when, when I, I make it a more or when I try to make it a more enjoyable experience for them and they start to see it like that in their head they generally are more consistent with it and that has hundred percent been the theme for me with my clients this year is consistency like get to the point where you think it's hard and then keep going because like we know diets if you've got a goal it generally takes a little bit longer than you think to get there unless you want to do it quite drastically um, it's seeing it more as an overall complete package rather than just the eat less, move more. Not that that was the camp I was in anyway, but I'm a little bit more, not pushy this year, but I'm a little bit more, um, what's the word? I'm a little bit firmer on everything, the all the other parts of the package than just what goes in the mouth. <laughs> giggity mm. uh, that's where I'm at with my clients this year what about you um
0: I was maybe talk about I minute. obviously I'd like to explore that premise a bit more so because I think okay. I, I think it's well it's obviously a really good way of looking at it I think um so just I understand right so you're kind of pushing more so less on kind of use the word you use the word prescriptive actually but I guess obviously I know what you mean by that um so I'll use the same word you less on the kind of prescriptive nutrition kind of habits or uh what's the word i'm looking for um yeah L- less prescription on nutrition and i guess mm. you're focusing more on kind of like what might seem as kind of general wellness and healthful habits um like exercise whatever form that might be and like you say in terms of enjoyableness being a key factor because as we all know, if you enjoy something, you're more likely doing it. Um, yeah. That type of stuff, which I think is a really good way. And I think it aligns with a lot what I've tried to, I think with most of my client base as well, and the way like what their needs are, that probably aligns quite well with, I think, a lot of the stuff that I pushed out to them to kind of focus on through January, purely because, and what I said, what I said a lot of my clients are, like most of my clients are working on things like, you might even call it anti-diet type. Um, yeah behaviors for want of a better phrase in that a lot of them are uh, yes they have weight loss goals yes you would call them intentional weight loss as well which i don't know if i even like that phrase to be honest because i'm kind of undecided whether i think it's a good thing or not thing because i guess the anti-diet crew use the term in a very negative manner in that anti, if you should if you're intentionally looking to sort of lose weight then you're the worst thing ever and you know you should go kill yourself, perhaps yeah, that's bit extreme, but you know what I mean. They, they they basically, anyone that promotes intentional weight loss is the worst thing in the world. Um, and you should never seek it intentionally. And I don't agree with that. But then I also don't, so that's kind of one reason why I don't really like the term intentional weight loss. But I do agree there's also a lot of fa- places where you can kind of like pseudo intentional weight loss in terms of you can intend to lose weight but the losing weight part isn't your sole or primary goal or focus and obviously you can still focus on your behaviors and habits which are the good parts of the anti diet movement in my opinion and yes the weight loss might then become a secondary outcome of those things and they they might even be still you know a pseudo goal of yes i am you know i am still trying to actually lose weight but i'm not kind of like the primary focus me is to do the things do the behaviors and yes hopefully that then leads to my secondary goal of wanting to lose weight and I think that's the difference between kind of a nuanced more balanced approach at some stuff rather than kind of a full anti-diet type message that you might hear from other practitioners in the anti-diet culture type realm so mm. I guess like that that fo- that goes quite nicely because yes I mean obviously includes some nutritional based stuff but my general coaching as I said earlier really has much in terms of Calorie targets, really? I don't. I mean, there's a couple of people that track. I mean, like Dave is one that does track, and he does because it suits his personality where he feels like he needs something to aim towards. Um But even then, I think over time, that's something that I'll work with him on a long period of time to kind of get out of because one, no one wants to track forever, and two, I think the longer term, more sustainable approach for for most people will be to start to learn the how how do you interpret your own hunger signals, your own. Mm um kind of like listening to your body for want of a better phrase that type of thing and i think like as much as some people will say "No, i need a target to aim to because if not i'll just eat everything that whole premise is kind of well you're not doing it right then that's the whole point like if you need a calorie target because you're worried that you're going to overconsume, then you're not doing it right that's the whole point so i guess yeah. that, you know there's a lot of work to be involved in there like moving someone from tracking to not but anyway yeah long ramble but the whole point was i'm saying is like a lot of my my clients have the full time to what they want and i like most of my clients i wouldn't ever speak to about how much they're eating, what they're eating, um, generally, that type of thing. So, you know, the the types of messages that I'm speaking to them about at the moment are very much the kind of more processed behavior based, are you doing the things type conversations rather than how much you're eating or even like I said, even what you're eating. Most of them are about how do you feel about eating them. And I guess like I've had a lot of success with a lot of people recently around talking about like how you feel about eating certain things and why you feel about eating certain things, which then have an outcome of how much they eat. You know, there is a knock-on effect that by proxy talk about those things they start to think about and have more control over their eating habits which therefore means they end up eating less and perhaps they then feel better about their bodies feel better about their habits and all that type of stuff and you get a good outcome so yeah so yeah
1: yeah yeah i think um like we've said before like we're not anti-diet or diet but we are like pro-choice i think if someone wants to change their body then that's completely their prerogative uh, and if somebody even if somebody's already quite you know in a healthy in a healthy weight range and they still want to get a bit bit leaner again that is completely their prerogative sometimes they are the least healthy in their mindsets about um nutrition so i'm like i always have but i am doing a lot more work with like so i kind of give my clients a few intentions for the week only one of those will be nutritional so, maybe one of them is that um, maybe one's a vegetarian and they're really struggling to get their protein in. So, I'm like, right, okay, so this week we're going to really focus on trying to get that protein up in the 100 gram mark every day. Let's explore a little bit around food. Let's be curious. Let's. Look at read, start reading food labels. That's what you're going to do nutritionally. The next one will be a more lifestyle one. So it'll be like, right, this you you've said that your sleep's really poor. So you're going to have a sleep routine. I want you to turn your phone off 30 minutes before bed. And then the last one's going to be like something a bit more mindset. So okay you've been very rigid and spoke to me about a lot of food rules you've had in the past so this week all I want you to do is challenge yourself when you talk negatively about certain foods or when you catch yourself saying good or bad or treat or naughty or cheat like I want you to catch yourself and maybe put 50p in a pot or give yourself five burpees or like stuff like that so like they've got little challenges in their brain that just makes them realize and recognize their own behaviors. Um, because it's always really easy to spot in somebody else but it's really hard to spot in yourself. So there's only one of those really that they need to do that's nutrition wise and again it's about building the entire picture just to leave them in a better place. Um so yeah, that mm. that's the kind of things that I've been I've been doing a little bit more and yeah, I it's the consistency thing for me with the with the fat loss clients. Um I still think in the industry there's Too much crap on social media and being spouted about fat, like quick fat loss, like six weeks and all this kind of stuff. And it's it's the little things over time. And people really think that they can undo all their hard work in one meal or in twenty four hours. There's a real, there's still quite a lot of like a rigid mindset out there in some people. Um, Maybe they're just at the start of their journey. That's all. Um, But I do chat to a lot of people that are still in these really rigid mindsets about nutrition so again it's just kind of opening that up and exploring that and just saying like you're not the product of the last decision you made about food you can still make a positive choice or more health promoting one the next one and just because you've done something one day doesn't mean you need to kick the fuck it bucket and like it's it's this whole like all or nothing mentality so i'm really trying to plug like it's what you repeatedly do over time that element of consistency that is really the kind of like the underlying principle of any successful nutrition intervention
0: well we again we know that the biggest predictor of success of you know if we are talking about dieting of any diet is um adherence. So, you know, all of those things about consistency and how do we promote consistency? How do we promote adherence? They are going to be the things that determine if someone is successful in that diet or not, of mm-hmm. course. So, um, do do you think January is a good month for people to start a diet, or say, or even start a diet? I mean, is January a good a good diet? Full stop. I mean, I guess I'll use the term start a diet purely because clearly this time of year, New Year's resolution is that type of thing, or people that think I'm. I'm kind of fed up with life of, not fed up with life, fed up with my, well (laughs) it's a a bit drastic isn't it, fed up up with their kind of like eating habits and perhaps this time of year do use a lot of reflection around New Year's, reflection on the previous couple of weeks where inevitably people's habits usually aren't great um, and it culminates in a bit of a crescendo of right, New Year's here now, I'm going to, I'm gonna mm. start a, a diet and this this year is gonna be my year. I mean I put out a post earlier, I mean which brilliant. And I checked my Instagram uh story tile not story tile feed thing. Tiles mm. is it called home page, I don't know what it was yeah. it tiles? It's called tiles isn't it? Tiles layout so. whatever Where, it's called.
1: I checked not my been main on the gram much recently.
0: No. Um well this is my point. Um I I checked my main post, and we do a normal post and the last post I'd done prior to Christmas um, or sorry, when I checked at Christmas before I did a couple recently. Last one pr- previously done was something like the 25th of April or something. I was like, wow, wow it's that's, that's like eight months. I haven't posted a single piece of social media content outside of a story. I thought, wow, yeah. that's quite, quite incredible. Um, tiny way like that bear in mind that obviously I went on a content creation course that she and Nick created and um, clearly put it to very good use so <laughs> and no a bit she, busy yeah she no she'll understand it'd it be fair anyone listening that wants that if they've got any fitness professionals listening or even anyone kind of any business really that wants to learn how to create content best course out there by a long long way and I'm not just saying that because Tanya's a friend I'm saying that because it is generally the two of those people and the skills that they have um between them perfectly compliment and it is a fantastic course so go and do it but it's more for me as i put in the first post i put back which is a new year's reflection post was very much a case of i've been so busy this year with certain stuff obviously you've got, you've got the overwhelming um, low level static stress type stuff you get from being in a global pandemic along with having you know two kids family uh, all these different things just culminated or, or, or in me just saying I just need to balance things out a bit and social media content is not something I need to do so therefore I'm not going to do it and um, that went on a lot longer than I maybe thought I didn't think when I, when I said I'm going to have a bit of a break in April that it was going to turn out to be the best part of nearly eight and a half months um, but I'm quite glad I did to be honest so um, yeah
1: anyway we were um, I did the same thing over Christmas I deleted it on the 23rd of December um deleted the app and i did not miss it at all it freed up so much space in my brain it was really present over christmas still went on on the internet occasionally but then started scrolling and was like what am i doing, am I doing? this yeah. is like what am i doing so yeah i've um set up some new parameters and boundaries with myself for um yeah for instagram but yeah we'll see um My, your original question was do you think january is a good time to diet
0: yeah, but before you do answer that sorry so keep just hold one. up one more second because obviously i talked yeah. about the social media thing because i the post the, the first person then put out about these reflections and i think the following day i did another one about people starting diets in january about whether it's the right idea or not so i guess i'd be interested in your thoughts really about like kind of do you think and obviously you know there will be different answers to different people you'll mm. have a different answer for your own reasons and your own clients, no doubt. So it'd be interesting mm. to hear what they are.
1: Um, I don't think there's ever a right time to start start a diet. If I'm honest, there's always something There's always there's, if you want an excuse not to stick to a diet, you can always find one or not even to, to, to not start a diet. You can always find one, whether it's a birthday, a Christmas, a public holiday, um, you know, the way our society and our culture is built now, very American. We literally have something every month. So, you know, January, I think, is probably... Every, well, every, actually, every week.
0: Some people yeah, have to do every, every week, week. There's a fucking weekend you know? and obviously that's enough for people to go, ah, oh, start, start on Monday.
1: Exactly, yeah. So, um, you know, January, I live with the Scotsman. January, you've got Burns Night. Then you've got Valentine's Day. March you just I don't know, maybe they'll throw a bank holiday in there. They don't. But do you know what I mean? Like you say, like there's there's weekends in March, so it, Mother's Day. Um so like, you know, there's always an excuse. If January gives somebody the motivation to really, like you say, I think the great thing about the Christmas period that's different to any other time of the year than you take a holiday is generally the rest of the country and i'm speaking like in terms of the uk because not everybody celebrates christmas but generally the rest of the country will take a holiday as well so there are significantly less demands on your time from significantly less people and that does actually allow a lot more freedom of of in your brain to reflect and think about things i know it does me um whether you choose to spend that time doing that or not, that's completely up to you. It might be that December's crazy busy for you because you've got a massive family and stuff like that, but there's less demands on your.
0: I've only got two kids, by the way. I Can know. You... I don't mean you. All I
1: right. Sorry. Mean everybody. Um, so generally, you're pulled in a lot less different directions. So if january gives you that time to reflect and you start the new year with an increased sense of motivation having looked at all your habits and what the ones that serve you and the ones that don't and you are honestly ready to make a significant lifestyle change then i think that's great because if the rest of the world are uh behind you going for it then awesome you're going to be more motivated than ever my issue is in about two weeks time when if you haven't got the right people of your, in your corner and you haven't set yourself up right, you will start to look for those excuses. And again, it's that adherence and that consistency. So I don't think January is any worse time to start a diet than any other time of the year. I think you've just got to be careful of your echo chamber and mm. what you're listening to and what information you're taking on at that time.
0: I would like to interject here um, because it's a really good point and... It reminds me of of a really good point, which I won't take credit for, because I didn't know this until a reasonably recent Strong by Science podcast I listened to, obviously featuring the one only Eric Trexler and Greg Knuckles, where Eric talked about a thing called temporal landmarks. Hmm. Um, And for anyone who doesn't know, basically they are, if I've got this correct in my head, they're kind of like significant points in time that are like natural breaks or natural points i guess like new year's obviously is one of them as the easy example like that what happens every year i guess you could probably say like other kind of like cultural social construct type breaks might be your birthdays or whatever just basically a point you get someone to like i think you can then use i think he was talking about this basically because of the whole new year's new year's resolution thing and about how obviously everyone thinks new year's resolutions always fail which you know you know we're all gonna say yes they do like, no one ever sticks to them no no one, how many new year's resolutions have you ever completed like I couldn't even tell you if I have ever done one, if I'm honest. Not that I ever really make them, because I don't, and I never really have, but um, which probably <laughs> I've never done any. But anyway, so I guess he was talking about how the, there is a, an evidence-based, efficacious approach to using or creating New Year's resolutions. So it shouldn't be viewed as the, maybe a negative thing because of something like a well-known hypothesis. I don't know if hypothesis is the right word. Well-known concept, I guess, about this temporal man- landmark stuff, which um, we can use almost as a bit of a, you know, a point to enable us to create a cleanse of previous past actions, history, you know, experiences, whatever, and give ourselves almost like a fresh start to increase our motivation to do whatever it is we want to do. So, you know, New Year's again, just using that example, easy example where we can almost feel like, right, line in the sand, clean slate, move on. Now I can start to do whatever. And I guess we could probably all but be- all align that that does boost your motivation for a lot of people. Now obviously what you said is key in that that and, and this is what we know about motivation being fleeting obviously is only going to last a matter of time so temporal landmark stuff can be quite useful i think in terms of actual a genuinely efficacious thing uh to use in things like new year's resolutions but obviously you have to have something further to keep you going because otherwise you will only last a small period which is probably why a lot of you know why we think a lot of them will fail anyway mm-hmm. um so it's kind of then how do you how do you get the most or use those to that kind of idea of a of a fresh start to kind of give you that initial boost for motivation? But then how do you turn that motivation into the whole consistency discipline type behaviours and approach that we then kind of try to get in? And I guess that's actually probably the best way to uh present it all. And that, mm. yes, it can be useful, but obviously you can't just rely on a new year's resolution to so say do it. You've got to have the next step it's got yeah. to kind of keep push you through, which is no different than anything else we would probably ever talk about in terms of we've done podcasts on motivation, we've talked about motivation in many of the other episodes where if you rely on motivation for anything, you won't succeed because mm. motivation is always waning or fleeting.
1: Um absolutely hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. Another thing I think is people don't have an end date. Like lifestyle change shouldn't have an end date, I agree, but diet certainly should. Like people start a diet in January and think, Well, I'm gonna lose X amount. First of all, they underestimate how long it's gonna take them. So they usually give up too soon. Um and like they need to set themselves some like smarter goals. Like smart goals, it sounds so wanky, but everybody knows really like a smart goal Oh, very corporate. Very corporate. That's how yeah, you so but it's... Qantas. <laughs> um but it's true, like, you know, think about you shouldn't diet for the rest of your life. Um, it is going to be tough at some points. You should factor in a little bit of a diet break every, you know, a diet break, which is different to like falling off the wagon every so often because diet fatigue is a real thing. There should be other things that you can turn to. You should have a good support network. You should have a way of measuring it that isn't necessarily just the scales. Or if you are using the scales, make sure you're using them. I use wanky air quotes like correctly rather than just sporadically. Um, You know, like the actual actually set yourself up properly that's the thing people just go, i'm gonna do this and they have absolutely no idea of how they're gonna do it Um, and that, like you say, you say, you mentioned corporate, but like that wouldn't wash in the corporate world. It wouldn't wash with a business plan. It wouldn't wash with anything else. If you went to your boss and you're like, I've got this great idea for this project that we're going to take on. Okay. So how's it going to work? I have no idea whatsoever, but I know I'm going to achieve it because I'm really, really, really motivated. (laughs) Okay. He'd probably laugh you out the door. Like, you know, it's, it's about having a plan. Um, and if you've got a plan that, you know, you can execute, um, and you can do that consistently and be adherent and know what you're going to do when motivation wanes, when things get tough, when you don't necessarily get the result that you want, then January's just a greater time as any. But that would be no different. My advice would be no different whether it was January or whether it was another temporal landmark in your brain. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, that's a really, really good point in that I think my posts that related to January could easily just apply to any other month, like you say, mm-hmm. in that. I don't think it's any different. I think like the point of the post, for anyone that hasn't seen it, was very much a case of I wanted people to consider that kind of... you know. We, I think, again, just to kind of paint the narrative a little bit, there'll be loads of people getting off Christmas, feeling shit about themselves, and, right, I need to diet, I'm sick of this, I want to lose some weight this time, I've had already cracked Christmas, so I'm going to get on it, January's my year, or this is going to be my year, so I should say, January's my mud, this could be my month. this is going to be my year, I'm going to do it. And um, I wanted people to reconsider that kind of premise or thought to think about... Okay, perhaps I've done this, you know, I did this last year and it didn't work. And actually I've done this for the last 35 years of my life type thing and it hasn't worked. So perhaps I need to think about things differently. And the point of the post was kind of look, until you almost look at why you are either overeating or why you have such poor habits that are leading to a lifestyle that you don't like, aka like until you fix your relationships with food or you fix your kind of emotional attachments to certain stuff, then you won't ever'll you'll either you'll either lose some weight but it, you won't sustain it long enough that you'll be kind of become a you know the typical yo-yo dieting that perhaps you've always done entire, your entire life or you won't be successful in losing the weight in the first place so basically the point of the message was very much the case in my view don't like just I didn't say no one should start a diet in January, but I said perhaps consider that January's not the right time to start a diet and, I, and you know and you could apply that to any month if you haven't fixed your relationship at any point as in your relationship with food. So that was mm. kind of the premise. I mean, what do you think about that? It's probably a difficult, a difficult think... one to argue with for most people because it's kind of like, well, yeah, like you're saying something really obvious here. But I'd be but interested I in think... your thoughts.
1: No, I can. Com- obviously be- I completely agree with you, Brett, as a coach. Like the, but I'm. I also think as coaches, yes, we obviously want to do no harm. And yes, our underpinning goal is to improve people's relationship with food and leave them in a better place than we find them. But I also think there's we have to be careful of not careful, but we have to appreciate that some people also just want the results. They don't necessarily want to improve their relationship with food if some people are just data driven very process minded want to do the work get in get out what want the results aren't interested in all that other stuff first of all they shouldn't be coming to me or you either as a coach anyway because we should be quite specific and that's where we're at is we want to leave people in a better place than we find them um and improve their relationship overall health and well-being with food but also like there's no point beating them over the head with it because some people just don't want to listen like um so I completely agree, but I'm also aware that not everybody enters into a diet willing to learn that.
0: I'm just taking it all in. Dead air is not a good thing for a podcast, is it? No. Um, Yeah, no, of course. There'll be people not willing to learn. I suppose that's what I... F- that's, this is kind of why I want the message out there, though, actually, in that yeah. I want people to consider that. And obviously, not everyone's going to listen to me. In fact, no one's going to listen to me. Um, But... You know, regardless, I'm going to say anyway, I want people to consider the reason why they're not losing weight might be because they've never decided to focus on fixing their relationship. And I think it does bring it a bit 360 back to the kind of original points made around focusing on the behaviours, the process, and less focus on the kind of, you know, the intentional weight loss as a goal. And that, that all aligns under that same banner of kind of fixing your relationship as well. Like, you th- you should be focusing on your behaviours and why your behaviours are what they are and what you can do about those behaviours. And, I, you know, I don't have a magic panacea necessarily. F- and I say this to all my clients. Like, there isn't something I'm going to teach you or tell you that's suddenly going to go, I'll fix your relationship. It's brilliant now. You can go away and eat normally like a normal human being and maintain, you know, a very healthy weight that, you know, it doesn't work like that. There are clearly some kind of, um, I guess, tips, tricks, like specific strategies for behavior you can kind of do, which will help towards or work towards, I guess, like fixing and kind of strengthening those relationships that you have with your, your food and your body and stuff. And, you know, kind of mindfulness techniques and, and stuff like that, you know, kind of emotional CBT type therapies, obviously, you know, not actual CBT because clearly I'm not a, a, well, a psychologist or a psychotherapist or whatever realm that falls under. But I guess there are some things that as a practitioner, we can do and help with clients, um but it's, i'd say to him like outside of those things there isn't there isn't a magic wand though that i can i can think you know you yeah. have to work on these things you have to do it so you have to be prepared to think about why i'm eating not what i'm eating a lot of the time and yes you hopefully you do lose some weight during that period but actually i don't think it should be a focus i think that focus is the thing probably holding you back and i might sound really anti-diet now saying those sort of things but you know you've said it on this call i've said it a billion times on previous podcasts like i fit probably more in that world than i don't fit in it if that makes sense i just don't go as far to say that i think things like intentional weight loss should never happen which is obviously what often happens in that world Mm. so
1: there's just uh, i think there's too much pressure to put coaches or anybody in a specific camp and i just think that that's that's not great i don't think we should niche ourselves too much because that just implies that we can't learn and grow and actually change our minds about things so um but yeah i think the i think it's harder it's easy to diet it's hard and more difficult to work on your relationship with food. And that's basically what it comes down to. Like people aren't prepared or people are less prepared to do something that is difficult. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I was just going to say, I guess like going to your point around the type of individual that wants to see results and what, you know, in air quotes, you know, those results being very objective measures, like, you know, inches lost weight, like pounds lost type thing. That is yeah you know it's an evidence based thing to say that actually they are good strategies to have for a lot of people um you know people will shit on very low calorie diets or people will shit on even like replace meal replacement type diets and stuff but actually there is some a, a, an efficacious thing you can say or an evidence based thing you can say because they do work for a lot of people because that is very motivational to see that immediate you know results you can get from from kind of such drastic um, approaches. Obviously, the better strategies will have exit plans, and they will kind of trans. Um, what's the word? They will uh, transition. Transition. That's the word. Thank you. Transition from obviously a, a very low calorie diet to something more moderate, or something more sustainable, or something that has some sort of education in strategy beyond just swapping your fucking first two meals a day for a slim fast type thing. So. I Obviously, I'm, you know, the way I talk about fixing food stuff, it doesn't mean that you can't incorporate still some of these strategies that have good evidence behind them as being effective. I mean, we had a conversation before about bariatric surgery, and that's another thing. Like, it's the same principle of, like, you can't just deny, like, because I think juice diets are shit, that actually there is some evidence for some of these things that show they work. And if I want to call myself evidence-based, I have to consider that the data says what the data says. The, you know, the evidence says what it says. I can't just say, pick and choose which bits I think is good and which isn't. That's not how it works. So I guess um, I kind of
1: those diets do work and they are actually great for certain people and certain individuals. Like you can't argue with that. That's the evidence. No.
0: And, and I guess like the point I'm making even with those is like, even if you are, oh, I'm going to get shot by all camps saying this, I guess, even if, <laughs> even, I know, even if the like who fucking listens, it matters. But, um, <laughs> even if you are kind of thinking about more, the, the kind of the anti-diet type strategies, I still don't think there are there are. I still think there are ways. I should say, I'll put it that way. I still think there are ways that you can even incorporate some of the other parts of evidence, like you know, even very low calorie diets to some extent. Which again, it might sound like a complete and utter oxymoron, um, because I guess like anyone in the anti diet crowd saying, "Well, how the hell can you possibly fit in a very low calorie diet with a anti diet type strategy where you are supposedly you know, full permission to eat, honoring hunger, all those types of things.
1: I have the perfect example right here. Like one of my clients, um, Christelle, she listens to all podcasts if I tell her to. She's amazing. Um, Hi, Christelle. Hello. She, rigidity around food rules, had to have breakfast. Had to have breakfast all the time. Like trying to lose weight, really struggling, like to bring her calories down. And just simply saying something like, you don't have to eat breakfast, Christelle, you are not going to die. Like, that was life-changing for her. Like, fasting. Some people are so stuck in set structures and set patterns of eating, food rules that they've had for the rest of their life, they honestly think that if they don't eat throughout the day, they're going to die. And, like, it's that those food rules again it's links in exactly what you said it's just an example of things like there is certain rigidity around these things that we get told and these narratives we tell ourselves and like you're not um you're like it doesn't it's not counterintuitive at all if you know how to coach it and if you know where you're coming from and you're actually thinking about the client in front of you um is counterintuitive if you're prescriptive about it and you don't know the purpose or you don't know the goal of the client or you're not using it in the correct context for the purpose the the person that's in front of you but that's just an example of something where something like that would actually be quite useful Mm.
0: i think just picking up a point you made there i think about like you're not going to die have breakfast or you don't eat for a meal or you don't eat for a long period of time whatever i think again that's another thing in terms of the anti-diet kind of culture where it's almost not acceptable to ever be hungry yeah like well no actually if you if you do have because I, I don't I don't believe intentional weight loss is, is necessarily a bad thing perhaps there should be periods where you should completely embrace and accept hunger however obviously you know again that kind of client centric approach and thinking about the individuals themselves if being hungry is causing you to have poor food relationships or it causes binges episodes or it causes a, a kind of other unhealthful or unhelpful behaviors then perhaps that isn't the right thing for you but I guess it's kind of again going down to the idea of like the this whole approach should be very client centric. And obviously a lot of these different narratives or strategies or whatever words you want to put on them in terms of like cultures or whatever, they can blend quite well, quite often. It's just finding the right mixture of different Mm. colors of all these different things for the right person.
1: This is why I think being too rigid in which camp you sit in when you are diet or anti-diet, blah, 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 like any kind of thing. I think that's why attaching yourself to one kind of, um, ethos, let's say I think with what we do and nutrition and fitness is actually really dangerous. Mm-hmm. so that's my personal opinion on no, it. I agree.
0: I think um just to perhaps round up a little bit so we're getting close to an hour I, I I'm just finding the people that I like to work with and maybe the people that I are attracted to me the whole mindfulness realm just is seems to be the bit I enjoy and the bit that I'm getting the most success with people. Hundred like percent. It's not like I'm working with bodybuilder competitors or someone no. that you know. Kind of you know, got I've got one runner um, <laughs> in terms of athletes. She's very like she's very fast. Well, shout out to Sarah, but she's um, she's a lot quicker than me. And obviously, not I'm not a fast runner by any stretch. But obviously, you know, I'm not. I don't think I do too bad. on on a bit of jogging, although I haven't actually ran since I started jiu-jitsu because my toes been fucked. Um, Damn it! We nearly got I know, an hour. I said, mate. I said the J word and not the jizz word either. <laughs> jujitsu. I actually, everyone listening could do me a favour if they want. I set up a uh, Instagram account called uh, Jiu-Jitsu Endo, as in blending the word jujitsu with innuendo. Is that right. what you did? I, I did because, and obviously, anyone that practices jujitsu will get this. There are so many things that happen every single session where some someone says something really like because. <laughs> um, Uh, best example i think the first week i went so we were not maybe not the first week but one of the first weeks i went we were kind of practicing some form of collar choke we have to grab a collar on their gi and the guy i was training with who was a blue belt obviously pretty good said to me "No, you want to get four knuckles deep as in how round the collar you need to go and obviously that is a brief example of the amount of things that there must be at least 10 things that happen every single session where someone says something like that where you're like Oh, this could be funny if you uh, thought about it in different contexts. You'd be that like childish school kid in this background laughing at the coach and everyone's like, what's he laughing at? Giggity. Giggity, exactly. So um, so yeah, I thought if anyone wants to uh, follow it, please go follow it because I've only got like three followers or something.
1: <laughs> I love you, Brat, mm. but I don't love your uh, Jiu-Jitsu Instagram account. It's
0: not for, it's not for me. Come on, it is exactly for you. It's the type it's of thing you would laugh at. Me. If it wasn't Jiu-Jitsu themed, it was anything else themed, you'd laugh at it.
1: It's not for you me. you would. You would. There's I'm been not, 10 of I'm them on this call. I I'm hardly on the ground. Right, okay.
0: Well, I was hoping um, the listeners might rather than you.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm sure you have some jujitsu ju- based fan base out there that will be really keen about that.
0: So. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, thank you for joining me today, Amy. It's been very delightful to, to mm. speak to you. Your face is a little better looking than Johnny's.
1: Oh, it's not right now. Like Sunday night mong with my dressing gown and my Harry Potter glasses. I think it depends
0: on what face you put in. Yeah, like two out of ten or a ten out of ten. I can't tell which one it is today.
1: I don't know if I said this before. Like my best friend always says I've got... Or Jack says I've got two looks as well. He's like, you're either a ten or you're the troll that's called out from under a bridge.
0: And he's so right. I am. I I, I mean, that was the two out of ten, ten out of ten reference. I don't think I always heard you say before the words troll... Oh Um, yeah, which is a bit harsh. Maybe that's why Jack pisses you off when he comes home. (laughs)
1: Because he's like, "Oh, you dressed up for me, then, baby?" I'm (laughs)
0: assuming. I'm assuming Jack has. Does he have a strong, thick Scottish accent or
1: not? It's no. It's actually very lovely. I forget he's Scottish half the time. And when we meet people, it takes them about twenty minutes, and they're like, "Are you from Scotland?" Because it's like it's a very, it's just like a really nice, soft lull It's sterling, so it's quite posh. Okay,
0: so he hasn't got like a rhapsody. No, I don't
1: think I could. I don't think I could date anyone that. out oh, that would just be a bit much um but.
0: do you know what? something interesting or not really that interesting i'm gonna say anyway my wife always makes a vomit noise when she hears Scottish people speak
1: oh how horrendous really? is that yeah
0: it's horrendous isn't it jenna I th- I th- it's so- i mean it's, it's got to fall under some form of cultural appropriation or something yeah or maybe i've just done it by going eh, eh. Maybe eh, that's cultural appropriation eh. but, um yeah, I just, she, she always like. Oh, I just just don't like Scottish accents. She always like. Oh no,
1: no, he's he's very lovely. He's very nice Scottish lil. I'm sure he is. So, yeah, yeah. But nice to speak to you, Brett. I know, I know. Um,
0: good. good, good. Thank you. Um, we will hopefully. Well, I don't know how much longer you're gonna be regularly still chatting to us, but long may continue as far as I view. So, oh, you're I'm you're lost, Andy. It. You're lost, Andy. So fuck you.
1: Uh, well, Andy and I are actually coming back next week. Fuck Andy. I know, but I'm I'm enjoying talking to you. So as long as you have me.
0: Um, Perhaps get Andy on. Perhaps we get Andy on this. We get Andy on. on Go on,
1: Andy. On you come, son. Go on, Gareth. Maybe not Sunday night, though. Like, he's got, he's one year old. I've got fucking two children. Yeah, I I know. I know. Well, maybe we'll we'll see if we can persuade him. We'll we'll find
0: a a different night where I've not got clients or jiu jitsu and then we'll sort something out. So it'd be interesting. For listeners, like, Andy's all right, he
1: he's pretty cool um, he's all right he's, he oh, looks like Gareth southgate not yeah. so much anymore but yeah does he
0: not
1: oh he's got this massive beard now it's, oh, it's huge trim. I, tri- I trimmed mine when i cut my hair two days nice. ago so it's nice. a lot shorter than usual yeah right i'm gonna go i've got a date with henry cavill and um some ice cream
0: i don't know who henry cavill is so yeah,
1: superman the witcher
0: the superman i've uh i've seen superman but christopher yeah. reeve so um,
1: Yeah, and you reckon you're a year <laughs> older than me,
0: sure. <laughs> sure. I, but no, I've never watched The Witcher. Um actually, before you do go, sorry, I know you've got a date, but I'm currently watching, which I'm sure you will enjoy, The Tourist.
1: I've heard about this. Some of my clients have mentioned this. It's Jamie Dornan. I mean worth, this is the one um,
0: this is that was exactly my reference of I'm sure you enjoy rather I mean the show you'll I'm sure you'll enjoy, but yeah. most people. No, don't I've heard me it's Dornan. quite weird, but I've heard it's quite enjoyable. Um it's a bit weird. I'm mean, only through two and a bit episodes in, I think. And obviously the premise is a guy who uh, wakes What's up memory, after a car crash and don't remember a thing, and obviously yeah. got, to, got to try and dig to his life back together yeah. somehow. So we've
1: got a lot to catch up on because obviously Jack and I had no time together over Christmas. So we've got a lot to catch up on. Really? So we're still yeah working our way through um, The Witcher. Um, we've got a lot of our Marvel stuff to watch. Yeah, loads of stuff. Uh, the Matrix. We want to catch that as well, the new one. So yeah. Well, go and enjoy. Thank you, mate. Nice to speak to you. Have Thanks fun. for having me. Bye. thank
0: you for listening to the nnn podcast if you enjoyed the show please help us by rating on your podcast provider sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people
1: see you next week